Hi. You guys want some cookies? 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 Welcome back to the garage. Welcome to another edition of the Throwback Pod. My name is Dan Hansis. I'm joined as I always am by my bosom buddy, Bobby Castron. Hey, Bob. Hey, Dan. How are you tonight? Oh, man, I'm flying high. Me too. I'm on top of the world. Me too. It's good to see you, bud. It's been a while. It's been a minute. That's what the kids say. No, the kids are done saying it. Now it's dads are saying it. Catching up to it? Yeah, I'll be like surpassed it at this point. Remember um, Fat? Remember that one? The Weird Al hit single? No, no after oh. the Weird Al hit single, but before it went back to just being, you know, the regular term for fat? Yeah. P-H-A-T. Oh, yeah. And the, the whites, primarily, but this was especially... Um, an epidemic with maybe uncles in about 1996, mm-hmm. 97, mm-hmm. they would say, ironically, that's fat with a PH. Yeah, you had to say with a PH. Yeah. Yeah. That was obnoxious with an OB. Nice, Bob. Guess Nailed what, Bob? A lot to get to today. We do have a lot to get to. Let's not dilly dally. I want to start with a little bit of history. Okay. Um, because. This is a podcast that primarily deals with history. We're listed as a history podcast. Maybe that's why nobody listens to us. <laughs> is that true? We're a history podcast? <laughs> I guess, yeah. Today, Bob, is the 15-year anniversary. You know, we're primarily a Dave Matthews podcast. That's also what we're listed as. That's really why. When you when you have that Venn diagram of history and Dave Matthews, it's a very niche podcast. Yes. Uh, but today is the 15-year anniversary that... The Dave Matthews Band, while traveling on their tour bus during a, a, a jaunt across America in support of an album that I'm sure we love, Bob. I don't know which one it was. One of them. Um, dumped 800 pounds of human waste. Poop. And MP. piss. MP. Um, emptied a bus septic tank over the Chicago River while traveling over a bridge and in the worst of all coincidences, at the same exact moment, the famous, I've done it before, Bob, I don't know if you have uh, ever done it, the Chicago uh, Architecture Sightseeing Tour, mm. which uses the river as the guide to see some of the beautiful structures, happened to be going right underneath that bridge, and according to the Chicago Trim- Tribune, passengers on the tour boat, Chicago's Little Lady, described a downpour of foul-smelling brownish-yellow slurry that ruined their clothes and made several of them sick. Oh, man. When you say today, do you mean today, the day that we're recording, or the day that people are going to be listening to this? Today, people will be hearing this after the fact. Oh, okay, so today, like while we're sitting here. People are in showers in the Chicago area trying to wash out Dave Matthews' shit from their hair and clothes. Unless, now, unless there was like one legit Dave fan who was like, this is the moment I've been waiting amazing. for. This is it. I have, quite, first of all, the, if you've ever been curious, but we all knew the story when it happened. Did you know how it ended? What was the legal end point? Oh, the guy, the guy pled guilty, right? The, 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 the driver, driver got popped. Yep. A man named Stefan Wall, 42 years old, sentenced to eight, 18 months of probation. Okay. 150 hours of community service and a $10,000 fine. 
uh, pled guilty to misdemeanor charges of reckless conduct and water pollution. The Dave Matthews Band made several um, charitable donations to the Friends of the Chicago River. Mm -hmm. And in a statement following the guilty plea, Bob, the rock band said the gifts to the Chicago Park District and the Friends of the Chicago River were all an effort to, quote, begin the healing process. (laughs) Sorry about my butthole. Sorry about this stuff that came out of my butthole. One final nugget, Bob. The longtime driver for the band's uh, bus was a friend of fiddle player Boyd Tinsley. Put it on the Boyd board. <laughs> Boyd up to his old bullshit. <laughs> you know, when, when there's trouble connected to Dave Matthews' band. It, I mean, let's. Follow the fiddle. Let's follow the fiddle. It's, the Boyd board is legit. <laughs> the Boyd board is <laughs> Filled, red string everywhere <laughs> on the Boyd board. All points back to Boyd. A follower on at Throwback Pod on Twitter, Boyd Tinsley is. Yeah, and speaking of at Throwback Pod and all of you guys listening at home, uh, got some news from you guys recently that um, on the Reddit subreddit, Throwback Pod, uh, that like 11 people go to. Mm-hmm. That um, Bob, you don't have to put that stuff out there. If you no, don't we actually say, have, we actually have 100. Well, it says on the side yeah. how many people are there. Uh, oh, at any given moment. At any given yes. moment, yeah. Uh, but we learned on a post that uh, I guess people are having trouble downloading this podcast. That maybe um, what our show, our show, this one right here. That uh, the buffering was an issue, and I've never had a problem with it. And if you, no, but some, but I don't listen. So I know that is true. You've never actually heard one of these. <laughs> By the way, we do post these, and people listen to them. Did you know that part? <laughs> That's like in Pee Wee's Big Adventure when he's at the big um, screening at the drive-in at the end. Like, <laughs> yeah. And the, the prisoner in the bus is like, Pee Wee, you're missing the movie. And Pee Wee's like, I don't have to watch it. I lived I it. I lived it. That's me. with this that's, It's such an exciting time to be alive I see, when we're in the That's garage. weird. I see you more of, as a Francis. But um, the, they let, me, they let us know that things were buffering. So uh, for the first time since starting this podcast. I'll get you, Pee Wee. Two years ago. I Googled like what the proper bit rate should be. Like I've never even thought about it. I just made it up. And it turns out we have been posting these podcasts at the most pristine level (laughs) imaginable for a podcast to the point where the file was about three times bigger than it should be. So I think there's only two words here. You're welcome. You're welcome that we were delivering you the highest quality content ever. I always wondered why this show typically sounds better than the shows that's produced by the $13 billion NFL empire of yeah. other podcasts. Yeah, no, sometimes it actually does. But uh, <laughs> but because, you know, people want it quick and hot and ready. We'll, the kids out there, the we'll, millennials. We'll downgrade and we'll just be a normal podcast that uh, is, you know. I like the idea of us delivering pristine podcasts. No, we're like over the top. Like we're, we're delivering at a level higher than Radiolab. Like okay. A, an unnecessarily high level okay. because I made up the numbers as I went along. Okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. I guess the case for it is we fashion ourselves um, as a music podcast and you want the, when people say, all right, let's turn off the music. You want it at a high quality. Yeah. That's why I was like, let me just keep on pressing up on this button <laughs> on this thing I downloaded. It's like a, a monkey hitting the computer. <laughs> that's all it was. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So that's good. So, so that's good. problem solved. Problem solved. But I don't know. I'm just surprised because I had never seen any issues. Yeah, me neither. And also, I mean, if all of you guys were experiencing this, you know, speak up. See something, say something. You guys got to let us know. We're here to help. 
That's true. Patreon.com slash throwbackpod if you want to support the show uh, and continue to say, yes, we want the high, we want max bit rate. <laughs> max bit rate. Yeah. And the only way you can get max bit rate <laughs> is that if you continue to contribute to the throwback pod on Patreon. In fact, every time Bob and I publish a show, and this, I guess, this is all you can connect the dots now, it was setting us back $12,000. <laughs> That's why we need you guys. We're deep in debt to do this thing. Like, you think we just do that Patreon shit to try to make a little extra money, but no, we, no. we're desperately in the red because we, of the show. We owe so much money on bits and rates and everything. It's expensive. <laughs> We just don't understand. We don't know how these things work. But that, uh, thank you to Bruno, the sponsor, our top tier, and Courtney and Wyatt. Literally saving our families. Literally saving our lives. I mean, we have like collectors coming after us for all these bit rate <laughs> dollars that we're wasting. Like, it's trouble. So thank you, Courtney, Wyatt. To say nothing Bruno. of the record companies who are just starting to catch <laughs> oh, wind. Oh, they'll be here eventually. Um, this is the Cake Podcast. We're going to hit Fashion Nugget. Yes. Cake, a uh, little uh, nug, Bob, a little Fashion Nug. Fashion Nug me. Uh, now I don't count, I don't, t- I don't really count all the first show I've seen, as I've said on the show, Weird Al and the Monkees back in 1987, mm-hmm. um, in New York, but that was my sister's thing and I was a little boy, but the first real concert I ever went to where it was like my music, my money and mm-hmm. all that is when we saw the County Crows at the Beacon Theater in December 96, touring on Recovering the Satellites, mm-hmm. and the opening ba- act, and hence the first band I ever saw, paying with my own money, Cake. Absolutely. The touring first on Fashion Nugget. There it is. So we're definitely going to get into that. This is an exciting episode, Dan, because this is, this is a combination episode of a dealer's choice, my dealer's choice, and a Patreon poll. Okay. Tell us more because no, I, most I, I, people don't know what a dealer's choice is. You don't seem ahead. you don't seem as excited as I wanted you to seem when I. When Holy I said shit! <laughs> Thank you. That is your excited voice. <laughs> now I know that. Now I know it's real. I do that at like work. I do it at church. It's really yeah. off-putting in weird. I do it at funerals. Yeah, in social situations. If someone nails the eulogy. I'm like, oh, Holy shit! shit! We're like, oh, dance in the back. There he is. I knew he'd be here. Uh, such a loyal friend. So dealer's choice is when one of us picks an album that maybe the other one okay. never had or what well, you you said, explain it. <laughs> so <laughs> dealer's choice is when some one of us picks an album that maybe the other one didn't have or doesn't necessarily love, but you know, we feel passionate about. So that's when you throw down the gauntlet and say, this is my dealer's choice episode. I want to do a certain album. Mm-hmm. And a Patreon poll is every month. If you're spending, if you toss in six dollars mm-hmm. to help out our pod, you get to vote in a poll to pick the album. Too much info. Speak faster. So here's what we did. <laughs> uh, a couple months ago on Twitter, I put out like eleven albums I wanted to do, uh-huh. from like Jurassic Five to Supergrass yes. to. <laughs> so these are all your dealer's choice, basically, I've, and I've you let out the a ton audience decide. Twitter just threw out what I should do. Then I picked the top four, threw it on a Patreon poll, and it was Cake, Pulp. I mm-hmm. uh, can't remember the other two. Cake won. Handily? Handily, which surprised me. I think Jurassic 5 was top four. Um, there you go. So it, it's, it's a perfect marriage, Bob. I'm looking forward to hearing you gush about it. Last time we did an artist that you felt passionately about, it was Billy Joel. Zumwalt was here, yeah. and I, I feel like you walked out of the garage hurt that night. Um, well, has has Jason Zumwalt been back? <laughs> Have either of us talked to him since that night? <laughs> I mean, I felt like that a loyal to you. I had to end my relationship with Jay after Thank that, you, so. as did I. Um, 
So we're going to get to Fashion Nugget. But before that, one last bit of um, housekeeping, Bob. Is, uh, about a couple weeks ago, I went on to Twitter. And, you know, I'm feeling very bittersweet about even putting this out there. but Because I'm not a fan of the idea of... You know, you have your dad's old guitar and you took it to the airport and mm -hmm. you started to get, you know, some confidence. The idea that you had the guitar and it got you thinking and you were saying how you're going to start playing the guitar. Yeah, do you want to do you want to ask me if I've like picked it up and practiced it all since that night? <laughs> do you want to ask me? Yes. Have you? I have. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I and, and as I said a couple of weeks ago when we last talked about this. I am not going to any of your shows. I went to your stand-up shows um, when you were uh, in New York and when we were in our early 20s. I was right. supportive. I'm not doing dad band. You went, to, you went to multiple screenings of Flock of Dudes. I went to at least four screenings of Flock of Dudes. I'm done. I've <laughs> done what I've had to do as a friend and then some. Uh, so I will not be attending any da dad band performances if you indeed follow through on your threat. I don't believe that. I will, start I, I, will, I will get you out to the dad party. But I did throw it out there on Twitter that um, you needed a name for your potential dad band. Yes. And people came through, <laughs> uh, got like 150 responses. Uh, what was your favorite one? Let's start there. Oh, I, there was one that just stood out immediately that I, I want to name my dad band. Uh, Hi, Hungry, I'm Dad. <laughs> I think that is so <laughs> fucking clever. It's just perfect. It's like, you know, you have to do the math in your head as mm -hmm. to like what I'm hungry. Like it's all, I love it. Right. If you have kids, you know what that one's all about. I was a personally a fan of uh, Counting Crow's Feet. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. That was a very solid one. Um, Stairway That Hurts Our Knees to Heaven. <laughs> good. I like that. That's a good one. Uh, my friend Will Brinson over in the NFL realm said mm -hmm. Wilco. That made me laugh I, when I saw that. That made me laugh. Uh, what else? Let's see what else we have here. Dad Matthews Band. Uh, a lot of Grateful Dads. Ever Dads. Dad Religion. Pretty good. Oh, I like that. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I don't think I'm going to be, I don't think my band is going to be hard enough to be Dad Religion, you know? I don't think <laughs> no, we're going to be doing 21st century digital dad. The Foaming Man-Gash. Man <laughs> the Grateful Dad. There are a few gashes in there. Yep. Bob and the Man-Gash. I would do that if I can. If I could find four other dads to be my man gash, I would do that. House of back pain, all out <laughs> that's, balls. That's really funny. <laughs> Pun DMC. Uh, so a lot of different. <laughs> the Danny Tanners. That's pretty good. <laughs> that's pretty good. So you guys came through. You're interesting people, and you have um, good personalities. I might name my fantasy football team "Hi Hungry I'm Dad." That, well, you know, if nothing else, because maybe it, <laughs> maybe you're not going to start the band, Bob. Maybe no, the band just, is yeah. the band is happening. But I will say. I picked up the guitar a few times, and every time uh, I practice, and I can't even call it practice. Every time I attempt to practice, I, it's even more confusing to me that anybody knows how to play that <laughs> fucking thing. It's ridiculous. Dad's tiny child, Stone Honda Pilots. I like that one a lot. I like that one a lot, yeah. <laughs> um, so a lot, of, lot to go through, Bob. You're leaning towards... Um, Hi, Hungry, I'm Dad. And that came from Chewbacca's Beard on Twitter, a man named Andrew. So good job, Andrew. Thank you. All right. So we'll, we'll be tracking this. I track this like a hurricane, <laughs> uh, like ra rampaging toward the Gulf Coast. That's how I track 
Bob's potential dad band. All right, so Cake, Fashion Nugget, one of the bigger alternative albums. Well, that seems I don't strange. know. That seems a little bad. That seems a little uh, they're a bit of a niche band, but they definitely had a moment and uh, some big singles on this record. So I know uh, the singles, obviously, and I've probably heard a couple more just from being in Bob's uh, airspace. Yeah. Um, but I, I look forward to it. But first, before we get into that album, the album came out. So let me do the basic math here. So, yes, we saw County Crows with Cake. Um, in December 1996, mm-hmm. the Crows put out that album in November. Cake, I think, I'm going to say it was probably a, a spring 96 album. So May 1996. Not a bad guess. September 17th, 1996. Okay. So right there was a perfect time to be touring behind it. One week after New Adventures in Hi-Fi by R.E.M. came out. And one week before Pinkerton by Weezer came out. Wow. So wow, wow, wow. pretty good month. Still uh, my greatest ever Tower Records visit, New Adventures in Hi-Fi, and What's the Story, Morning Glory, both purchased at the same time at Tower great. Records in Nanuet, New York. That is a killer one, too. Also happening in September 96, uh, we obviously hit a bunch of this stuff a million years ago when Jake and Amir were here, and we did Pinkerton. Jake and Amir, Jake and Amir does not ring a bell. There would not be this podcast without Jake and Amir. Mm, I don't know about that. <laughs> uh this album came out four days after Meg White married a guy named John Anthony Gillis, who then took her last name and became Jack White. How about that? Of and the White Stripes. And they played that bit up, you know, the brother and sister thing to the very end. And yep. now, where is Meg White right now? If I were to ask you, if you had to take a guess, what would you say she's doing right now? She's Hope, probably at a farm, right? Probably at a farm waiting for this episode to buffer because of the <laughs> insane bit rate. <laughs> I was about to do a Meg White impression, but I've never there is heard not. her speak. She's never spoken before. I used to be into her, I gotta say. Oh, me too. Yeah, people, you know, some people slept on that. <laughs> well, Jack White slept on that. Yeah. Also in September, Zendaya was born and Tupac died. Zendaya was born in September 96. Yes. Wow. Very upset about the Euphoria season finale. They really did not stick the landing on that. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, not. is that why all of you people who watch it shut up on Twitter for the first time in months? That was That's nice. Is that how you experience art, Bob? You just wait for reactions on social media, and that dictates whether a show is worthwhile to you? Sometimes. Other times, I find amazing shows like Patriot, Patriot on Amazon, which you need to Patreon? start. Patreon? Patreon on Amazon. That would be a great show, too. Start watching Patriot. It's the best show ever. All right, that seems strong. Maybe I'll look into it, Bob. What is it, like a a 24-type show? Better. All right. I mean, if you're going to bring it up, tell me what the show's about. It's about a guy who, uh, it's hard to explain. It's a comedy. It's a drama. It's about... Did you just Walkman me with the number one alternative song of September 96, Down by 311? Did you Walkman me? I had me? to Walkman you. I, just, I could not care less. 
you want to explain what Walkman is? Since uh, apparently you hate the sound of my voice. Uh, when we were um, in high school, if uh, our, our buddy Brian had a, a Walkman that he traveled with at all time, like he was like a '80s movie character. <laughs> he really was, <laughs> or like a cartoon character that always had his headphones in. Yeah, yeah. And um, I guess the joke was if someone was saying something or rambling on, or or was talking about something you didn't want to hear them talk about anymore, you would signal them to turn on their Walkman or Brian to turn on his Walkman so he just listened to his music and shut it down. I think what happened was one day Brian was rambling and one of us reached over and just put play on his Walkman <laughs> to shut him up and then the word Walkman just became like shut up. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And it became interchangeable with any of us. But Brian was the one that actually had the Walkman. Yes. Um, I've shared this on the pod before but every time I hear 311 it makes me think of our old soap opera friend Galen from when oh, we that's lived in right. Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was over at our house for a party, and I made a negative comment about 311, and he was like, hey, man, calm down with that. Those guys are my friends. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. Oh, I didn't tell you. So I uh, I became dad friends with a, a, another soap opera star. Whoa, you're and, cheating on Galen? And I realized my favorite thing in Hollywood is talking to soap opera actors, because they always just say... Oh, they're the, the best. They just say this insane shit <clears throat> that's just normal to them. So I guess this guy, he had like quit the show he was doing. And I was like, oh, did they kill you off? He goes, nah. He's like, you know, they, they want they want me back, so they didn't kill me off. So apparently I'm just doing a lot of shit off camera now. Like people will come up to me in the grocery store and be like, hey, you shot Steve. And I'm like, uh, I don't know. Did I? Uh, yeah, it's the best life because like you're a working actor. You make really good money. Um, but no, only a certain sect of people know who you are. So yeah, you're kind of a regular person, but you're really good looking. He said his agent refers to it as the witness protection program. <laughs> like at the, uh, I remember same guy, Galen. He's a really good dude. We went out. We never really went out with him too often. But this one night, he knew some guy that was working at one of the big clubs in Hollywood. So he got us all into it. And... Um, he said, we were like, so what's up, Galen? We're in the back of a cab or something. He's like, oh, man, I'm exhausted. They, you know, right now they got me playing. Like, I have, I'm an evil twin right now, so I'm, I'm doing double the lines. So I got to remember more lines. And I'm in all these different scenes. I mean, it's tough to be a twin. <laughs> They're the best. Um, <laughs> Galen, where are you, buddy? Probably with Meg White. On the farm? On the farm. Oh, not, okay. not speaking. Hopefully not with Frank Sinatra, Bob. Nicely done. Let's get into it. Fashion Nugget by Cake. Track one, Frank Sinatra. your dad Ben? I wish. Frank Sinatra, track one off Fashion Nugget. Bob, why? what was it about Cake that you were attracted to this band? What was it about them? Well, the first Cake song I ever heard on the radio was off their prior album, Motorcade for Generosity. 
How Do You Afford Your Rock and Roll Lifestyle, which was a mild alternative hit. Do you remember that song? Not off the top of my head, no. We should play it at the end of the episode. It was like the world's uh, introduction to Cake and their lead singer, John McRae, with his lazy... I... No, his eyes are fine. I was going to say delivery, but just... I, kind I of was, a slacker vibe. It's he, a slacker vibe. kind of dressed like a schlub and wore the fisherman hat. He's you know? singing, but he's talking. It's kind of... There's there's effort being put in, but not really. And he's surrounded by horns and really, really great musicians who uh, just elevate the music. And I think like the difference between his delivery and the music that's around him I was just drawn in immediately and his lyrics are smart and I became a fan then. And then when this album came out with the uh, hit singles that we're going to get to, I just loved them. I just liked everything about it and they were never a huge band. So I was never like a, Hey, I love cake, but they were a band that I just loved from every album they ever put out. Here's an example of why. Yeah, they're not, they were never a huge band. A lot of, if you grew up in this era and you followed alternative music, you of course knew cake and Mm -hmm. what cake was because they had radio songs for really into like the late 90s even early 2000s but this is the first time ever on wikipedia that i went through the album and for frank sinatra which was the third single there's not even a hyperlink i i I can't learn anything about frank sinatra the single (laughs) on wikipedia so what what do i need to know did this get any airplay i don't i never i don't i don't remember getting any airplay i think maybe like x107 which was the you know long island uh, alternative station, but I don't remember it, it ever being on MTV or being on K Rock. I think X one hundred seven was Westchester, Bob. Westchester. Oh, I'm thinking ninety two seven. Ninety two seven. L I R. L I R. That was the shit. L I R was the shit. L I R was good. The only thing horrible about L I R was their signal. Yes, it was wretched a weak. radio signal. They needed more bit rates. All right, that's so. how things work, right? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Frank Sinatra. Okay, that's fine. It's it's exactly what I expected like a cake album opener to sound like. Uh-huh. Nothing more, nothing less. Yeah, I like that song a lot. All right. Now this song, I know. Reluctantly crouched at the starting line. Engines pumping and thumping in time. The green light flashes. The flags go up. Churning and burning. They yearn for the cup. They deftly maneuver and muscle for rank. Fuel burning fast on an empty tank. Reckless and wild, they pour through the turns Their prowess is potent and secretly stern As they speed through the finish, the flags go down The fans get up and they get out of town The arena is empty, except for one man Still driving and striving as fast as he can The sun has gone down and the moon has come up And long ago somebody left with the cup But he's driving and striving and hugging the turns And thinking of someone for whom he still burns He's going the distance He's going for speed She's all alone All alone in a time of need Because he's racing and racing And so good. He's fighting and fighting and riding on his horse He's going the distance mm. Anybody, any playlist of mid-90s alternative rock That doesn't have the distance on it Is not complete, Bob you know a playlist has the distance on it? What? The Throwback Podcast playlist. Already? Already. How'd that happen? During one of our countdown episodes, the distance earned a spot on the playlist. 
Now I feel like we shouldn't have done this album because, <laughs> you know, Cake, nice band, Bob. They, they had a nice, cute career, but we're, they're going to have two songs on our playlist? When, feel strong. All right. Calling their career cute <laughs> is insulting. Cake had some big hits, and this, this was not their only hit. Yes, it's no, the biggest hit. Only it's hit. the biggest hit on this album. It's their best song. I don't know. Never there is probably Never right there up there. Good. Short skirt, long jacket. Uh, also a huge hit. That's a great song. It's fine. No, it's better than fine. <laughs> fine is when something's like, eh, it's fine. Right. Like short skirt, long jacket. That was a great song. <laughs> All right. Let's not get off track here. Let's both be on the same page yes. that this is a tremendous single. This song does everything right. It does everything right. It's a fun song. It's got the call and response. It's got that great that and this bro, this right there yes I love it love the love guitar it. it's it's kind of like the it's such a cakey song it's perfect his kind of delivery which by the way your boy John McCrea is that how you pronounce it McCrea I go with McCray but it's okay. per, it might be McCrea John McCray he didn't write it it was the guitar player who quit um, a couple of years later Greg Brown so, mm-hmm. you know what that means. Royalties up the ace for Greg Brown. Good job, Greg Brown. And and your boy, McCray, taking a dirt nap. Doesn't get the same royalty love. You would think usually the singer. Right. I wonder if the the richest man in K quit by like the third, you know, the third album or so. It's possible. Do you know who the um, the poorest man in Cake is? The poorest man of cake. I am not aware who that is. Who um, is it, Bob? I'd assume it's the ex-drummer who is slapped with 15 years in prison for molesting children. Oh. Do you remember when that was in the news? You know what? I don't remember that at all. I think like that happens occasionally with like a Yankee or something. I just, <laughs> I kind of just like Chad Curtis was a really yeah. nice fourth outfielder for the Yankees during their Jeter dynasty run, and it turned he was out starting for one of those World Series teams in left field. Yeah, those big, those big throws he would he would do a flip when he threw the ball. He did the flip throw. He he had a walk off home run yeah. in Game Three of the nineteen ninety nine World Series. Mm-hmm. He told Jim Gray to eat a dick <laughs> on yes, live television right. because he disrespected Pete Rose at the All Star game. He had a he was a prominent face, and then he became a gym teacher and and was you know getting his getting his perv on yep. with some children. I just kind of block it out, and I think you about gotta. Chad Curtis doing the flips, and not <laughs> yes, Chad exactly. Curtis being a creep. Yeah, uh, but so the drummer was so going yeah. down that road. So you want to think when we went to the Beacon Theater, and I'll never forget hearing the horns because the cake had already started playing before we got in. So I remember hearing the horn as we were walking through the uh, bowels of the building, making our way upstairs, getting to our seats. And seeing the band for the first time. Is this going to end with the drummer molesting a child? You're going to leave out the image of the drummer that was playing at that time was a child molester. I thought you were going to, you were going to turn the corner of in the bowels of Beacon Theater and see something we could never unsee. <laughs> I was like, I must have been going to the bathroom at that point. Yeah, you missed that one. Um, well, that sucks, Bob. <laughs> it, sucks, it does. It sucks for a lot of people. Well, you know, one thing I guess they, I guess he continues to get royalties in the slammer. So That's true. I don't want to say good for him. I mean, <laughs> you don't want to say good for him. Sounds like the guy's a fucking prick. But um, all right. So there you go. The distance. A little chart information, Bob. Yes. It was number four on the modern rock tracks. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Top five. Mainstream rock tracks, 38. Hot 100 Airplay. That's the big one for Billboard. At number 35, which is very respectable. Yeah. For a um, kind of a, 
you know, quirky alternative rock band. Totally. Uh, UK singles chart. It was a top 25 hit. And in Canada, you know, Canada would eat this shit up. Oh, this is so Canadian. They would laugh that I mean, that they're not Canadian, but this up. is so Canadian. They'd be like a little cat with a saucer of milk. <laughs> Gross. Number five of the <laughs> RPM Alternative 30, whatever the fuck that is. Well done, Canada. Have you been back to Canada since our women in the mid-aughts? Since our Canadian relationships fizzled? Yes. Or, or burned out in a fucking flame of glory? <laughs> uh, no, I have not. Okay. I just checked. Like this, Bob. It's moody. A lot different than the song preceding it. Friend is a four-letter word. What does that mean? You know, like it's like uh, dangerous. Yeah, it's bad. Sad. That's a sad uh, way to look at life. Yeah. Well, you know, he's kind of a sad guy. He was on. Uh, he was recently on the. I'm sure you know this already. He was recently on the Rhett Miller podcast. <laughs> Everybody's got a podcast. <laughs> Everyone does. It's so sad that so many musicians that you know should be making music are hosting podcasts now. Shirley Manson has a podcast, <laughs> but you can't even understand her. I know. <laughs> It's like 17 people in Scotland can understand anything she says. (laughs) Amy Mann has a podcast. Ted Leo has a podcast. Everybody has a podcast. But is anyone listening to the podcast? I don't know. Like some people listen to our podcast. That's true. That's true. My infinitely more successful podcast for the NFL. Many people listen all around the world, Bob. Mm. Still? Still. Whoa. But, and, you know, I like Ted Leo, but is anybody listening to Ted Leo's podcast? I don't know. Do you think we get better numbers than Ted Leo? I think we probably do for this show. We probably, I hope so. <laughs> if we asked Ted Leo to come in the show, he'd be like, yes, I'll do it. It's like, do you want to know what the show's about? I'll do it. <laughs> but they're all connected. So, like, they all have other famous musicians and actors and, you know, people in their world on theirs. We have Jason Zumwalt, and that's it. Yeah, well, but that's well, we did. No slide on Jason. We lost Jay. Though. We lost him. Uh, I, I I only use his name as an ex friend, who um, I who I work with every day. But I do like I do like this song. It's great. So, it's also the fifth and final single. I don't know what this oh, record company no was, idea. but like this came out as a I mean, single. we're we're just like offloading singles <laughs> off this album. Like, what was their hey, promotional uh, plan? Just make it a single in Canada. They'll fucking listen to anything. <laughs> uh, okay, that's a good one, Bob. I I now want to check in on something for you, Bob. You know that when it comes to music criticism, there's only one name in the game. At one point, I think you're going to remember his name, but I'm going to quiz it. Do you remember the man's name? Idlewild. Very close. 
I call him S-T-E, Stephen Thomas <laughs> Erlewine. He is a, a, a simply a great critic for allmusic.com. We'll see about that. And um, I will have to let you know, Bob, that Fashion Nugget not met with rapturous applause from Mr. Erlewine. Sounding like a suburban, melodic, white funk-injected version of King Missile's performance art stand-up comedy, The Distance became a novelty hit. In the fall of 1996, Sending Cake's second album, Fashion Nugget, to platinum status. Certainly, The Distance was the only reason Fashion Nugget went platinum because the remainder of the album is too collegiate and arcane for mainstream music tastes. I can't believe the guy who speaks glowingly of late period U2 would refer to Cake as collegiate and novelty act. I actually think he's very fair on late period U2, so don't speak from ignorance, Bob. Mm -hmm. It isn't because of its uh, obscure or intellectual. It's because the band is smirking, an ironic cover of Gloria Gain. Well, we'll get to that. Yeah, you we'll get, get the that. point, Bob. Yeah, he's SD is not on your side. He's a hater. You think it was that unfair criticism, Bob? It is, because why would you call the distance a novelty hit? I guess in that it was quirky enough that it, that's how a lot of people got introduced to it. Maybe that's how it got introduced on the radio. It was like, hey, here's this weird little thing. But when you look at the music that was popular in the mid-90s, it would take somebody who is really not connected to not see that that is in the same vein as a lot of the music. I bet he called Loser by Beck a novelty hit or... Not a Don't make popular, me go through every uh, review hit. that you bring up right now. Alternative music sounded at a lot of different sounds in the mid-90s. And to call that a novelty hit is just placing a big, ignorant blanket out there and saying, I don't understand the music of today. My name is Stephen Thomas Erlewine. I'm probably Belgian, and I don't know anything. <laughs> I, love, I love this feud that I've single-handedly started between two <laughs> men that have never met each other. I want to fucking hate his podcast. <laughs> This is some real uh, Bob music, Bob. This is Bob music. Like when I think of Bob music, it's typically um, a little bit lo-fi, which I wouldn't put that this in that category, but it's this kind of vibe. It's right in your, your happy zone, I feel it. It is, yeah. Daria by Cake. I don't think Cake has ever written a song I don't like. Like at a minimum, like. Are they in your top 10 bands ever? You know what? They're one of those weird bands. Like I said earlier, like I was never running around being like, I love cake because there was nobody to say that to. There was never like a groundswell of like, hey, where are all the cake fans at? Cake like, heads. Yeah, they never had that element at all. Like, And I'm a guy who wrote 
Shannon Hoon's name on my backpack to try to connect with other Blind Melon fans. So it's not like I wasn't. That, was, that call went unanswered <laughs> as well. So it's not like. It was like, even better, actually, just a, a brief aside. That you, <laughs> that was the era of right after Kurt Cobain killed himself where a lot of kids, I think I did it too, put, put Kurt D. Cobain and then... 1967 to 1994. Bob was the only kid in America that put Shannon <laughs> Hoon. I think it was 1967 to what, 1995? 95, yeah. So it was just a way to kind of be different. But I love I loved Blind Melon. <laughs> <laughs> what were you saying? I don't know. I'm an idiot. I'm mostly saying I was an idiot. Oh, but, but oh. you were looking for Cake fans to connect with. And no, just, but I, you know. I, I don't even think I was looking for them. Cake never felt like a band that was supposed to be bigger than this. Like they always just felt like a band that when they put out an album, I was going to get it and then I would play it. And then I'd realize three months later that I was still playing it all the time and then I'd be excited for the next one. But I was never a huge fan, but I am a big fan. Is this like they're winking not at Gloria by Van mm-hmm. Morrison? No, I think it was just. This is the irony-drenched uh, 90s we're talking about. It is, but I don't think so. I don't think it's really pulling from the... I like it. It's good. This was a single, I believe. It was not. Oh, my God. How is this one not? I remember this one being played. I'm I'm almost certain I can double-check for you right no, now. No, I don't, I don't need you to. It's fine. Um, but, uh, yeah, Daria, solid. Liked it. Shannon Hoon, rest in peace. Rest in peace. Uh, the, Cake is a perfect one of those bands, one of my favorite games to play with artists of this era is, uh, what's the guy's name again? John McRae. John McRae. Is John McRae a millionaire? Oh, my God. I don't think so. Well, I don't know. He probably got his like record deal when people were paying a lot of money for record deals. He does have hits that were decent-sized hits. I have no idea. I don't think so. Their biggest hit he didn't write, as we covered, but they did have other pretty big songs. In fact... The song that we don't totally agree on, the short skirt, long jacket. That was a big hit. That might have been their biggest hit, actually. I think it was, yeah. And that was also, what, around 99 or so? Was that before Napster? Or is that you could still no, sell it was No, it was around there. Yeah. So you're going to say yay or nay? I say nay. I say he's not a millionaire. I think he's living okay, but I don't think he's a millionaire. Short skirt, long jacket. Hit number seven on the modern rock chart. So it was one of their biggest hits, but also, but not a crossover hit. Um, I'm going to say yes, just barely. Good for him. Yeah. I think maybe at some point in his life, he's had a million dollars. I think he has a nice house that he owns. Okay. Uh, one note, Bob, that I, you know, I don't like having to say this, but this album is 14 tracks. Anything over 13 tracks is indulgent. Well, this one's this one barely counts. This is the definition of mid-album filler. I think it's like a minute long, but you have to turn it up right now. Is this what got on Thomas Airlines? Uh, if anything, if anything would have rubbed a humorless prick the wrong way, this is it. <laughs> this is like, even Bloodhound Gang would be like, let's not use that lyric. <laughs> let's take another pass at this. No, man. By the way, have you, no, have you noticed? Bad, it's bad. Have you noticed my um, smoker's cough tonight? I have. I'm actually yeah. a little bit turned on by it. I have to oh, good. Okay. I'm going to keep this then. Gives you a little extra gravitas. All right. 
I'm trying to really just like make my voice raspy for being the lead singer of uh, <laughs> Hi Hungry, I'm Dad. So do you imagine yourself in this scenario that you're the singer? No, I think I want to do background Vox. <laughs> a little backup. It's like we need somebody to hit a high note. Let's uh, get Bobcat. That, that's in here. not going to be my expertise. <laughs> Maybe you'll be the guy that's like boom, 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 boom. I want to be the guy like I'm playing guitar. <laughs> I want to be the guy who steps forward and takes over for like one track every now and again. You would, you know, what you'd be good for like back when Clarence Clemens of uh, uh, the E Street Band was alive when they needed like a, a deep black man's voice uh-huh. to say the final, like to repeat a line and be like. Like, e Street Shuffle. You need. You could be that guy for, what is it? Hi, hungry. I'm dad. Yeah, I see myself being more like the Noel Gallagher, <laughs> where like when my Liam gets a little like tired, he'll step off the stage and then he'll step forward and I'll have a moment to really shine. That would that would be um, Bathroom Break would be the name of the band because <laughs> that happened when I, I saw the Rolling Stones this past weekend, and uh, great show. Never seen the Stones before. It, do a Stones album on the throwback? It's we well, kind no, of we, a weird band to we do. We almost did uh, Shine a Light once. That's true. The uh, the movie. Um, certainly a lot of amazing Stones <laughs> albums, but not many that were released in our formative years. But um, yeah, Jagger, 75 years old, but still kicking ass. And as has always been the case, about an hour and a half into the show, hour and 15 minutes into the show, Mick's like, all right, thank you. And he walks off. And then it's Keith's turn. Mm-hmm. And uh, listen, you could. There are definitely good, nay, great Rolling Stone songs with Keith Richards on the mic. Um, Happy mm-hmm. uh, Connection, which Connection. we're big fans yeah. of. Um, there's several of them that are solid. You've got the Silver, one of them. He did. He goes, "You got the Silver," and then he did another song I never heard of. And sixty thousand people went to take a piss or buy a beer. <laughs> Poor guy. Do you want to be that guy in your dad band? Because it doesn't matter who it is. That's what happens every time. I mean, Noel, Noel would have the the jack, you know, the rabbit in the hat, which was, oh, I'll do Don't Look Back in Anger and fuck over Liam here. Yeah. Uh, Maybe that's what I'll do. You need to write a song of that at that level. Oh, done. Continue. Or you could cover a song. I will literally do Don't Look Back in Anger. <laughs> um, or... I will survive. Or that, yes. All right, let's get into it. Gloria Gaynor, an all-time disco song, repurposed by Kate. At first I was afraid, I was petrified. I kept thinking I could never live without you by my side. But then I spent so many nights just thinking how you'd done me wrong. I grew strong. I learned how to get along and so you're back from outer space I just walked in to find you here without that look upon your face I should have changed my fucking lock I would have made you leave your key if I'd have known for just one second You'd be back to bother me I mean, as big a fan as I am of Stephen Thomas Airline, I mean, if, a song, if an album when an artist comes out with a distance than a cover that's this great, I mean, how much vitriol can you have? Thank you. I mean, this is so good. 
if you're gonna do a cover, make it something completely different, and, and that's, make it in your own. And that's what image. they did here, and it's just it really made this song something completely different, and it stands on its own. I think that I love the use of because uh, Gloria Gaynor certainly didn't say change a fucking lock. Mm-hmm. I would say this is three instances where I really like the use of fuck. Surprise uses of fuck in alternative rock. Yeah. Creep, Radiohead. Mm-hmm. Um, Alanis Morissette, You Ought to Know. Mm-hmm. Fuck You in a Theater, was it? No. No, let's go down on you in a theater. But she says fuck in it, too, Is right? there a fuck in there? Maybe I don't not. know if there is. And this one. Great use of fuck. Or uh, I would throw in, not alternative music, uh, the Dan Band in old school. <laughs> I fucking need you more than ever. Just rewatched that movie this past weekend. All right, let's listen to a little bit more. And the pieces of my broken heart And I spent oh so many nights Just feeling sorry for myself I used to cry But now I hold my head up high And you see me with somebody It's funny, it's like he barely sings Yes I mean, he's. But you would say this is singing But it's right on the edge Of, of being spoken word And you know what? Like you called this Bob music earlier. As I was getting ready for this episode, I was just thinking about what it is about Cake that I like. And it's definitely his style, his delivery. And there's a lot of music I like that's like that. Like I love the Hold Steady, where he's a little more, uh, he's a little more aggressively indifferent. Mm-hmm. I love indifference in a, in a vocal. Mm-hmm. Yes, you're a big fan of that. And I think this Don McRae is the best, one of the best. Um, whoa, Bob. McRae altered the lyrics, leading Gloria Gaynor to describe the cover as her least favorite version of the song due to the presence of profanity. Yeah. <laughs> How about that? How about that, Bob? This song hit number 38 on the modern rock charts and um, was a big radio hit. Big radio hit. It came out after <coughs> Distance, correct? Yes, definitely. I like this part. Too. Yeah. Actually, the first single release from the album. What? How about that? What a world! How about that? Maybe it got a second life. I think that must that must have been what happened. Yeah. Went off um, because the distance was released on October fifteenth, nineteen ninety six, and I feel like it's it was almost a nineteen ninety seven song, right? All right, I'm going to give Erline the last word here, though, Bob. No, you're not. Well, it's your podcast, so you could answer it. But here we go, Bob. Guys had made too, way too many words on this podcast. An ironic cover, ironic is in quotes, Bob, of Gloria Gaynor's I Will Survive is the key to the album. All right, starting off, all right. Sending the signal that Cake can consider themselves above everyone else and nothing is too insignificant to make fun of. And that wouldn't necessarily have been a problem if they had the wit or musical skills that would make their music either funny or listenable. Bob. 
Well, I think we, I think we realize, I think we know what happened here. I think it's clear. John McRae fucked Stephen Thomas Erlein's wife. That's the only explanation. <laughs> Nothing else makes sense. <laughs> I, I might have to agree with you. I mean, the, the venom spitting out of SDE, you just don't see it. You don't see it a lot in popular criticism. It's personal. It's yeah. personal. Oh, I like this one. This one's a fun one. I heard this for the first time, believe it or not, Bob, on the Peloton bike last week. Really? Yeah. How about that? I'm not going to say it, baby, go faster. It's not supposed to. Bucket seats have all got to go when we're driving in the car. It makes my baby seem so far. I need you here with me, not way over in a bucket seat. I need you to be here with me, not way over in a bucket seat. Driving in my Malibu, it's easy to get right next to you. I say, baby, scoot over, please. And then she's right there next to me. I need you here with me, not way over in a bucket. Come back, the over. Come back. Stick shifts and safety belts. This, now, this is kind of a novelty song. This is fun. Not a novelty. Why, why does every song have to have like some label next to it? This is a fucking song. Don't put labels on our music, man. I, could, you would be, I can't wait to the press tour for your dad band. <laughs> you don't have to put labels on what we do, man. We just like, we like to make music and we like to connect with our audience. This is just a fun little two-minute ditty in the middle of the album. It's a ditty. It's not a novelty song. Would you rather be a ditty or a novelty song? I want to be a ditty. I had um, a big party for um, the softball team a couple weeks ago here. Oh, where, uh, I, did I was was it an email or I, not I, on the softball team? So you weren't invited. Oh, oh, so other so, friends. Yeah, don't take it personal. Got it. Got it. Um, and the whites are going nuts. The white women specifically. Was there anybody there who who like wasn't on the softball team? <sighs> like like other people? No. You're in the clear. Okay. Don't worry about this. Buddy. So if, if I follow up on this, it'll, it'll Just, prove to be. If you dig, you're not going to find any dirt. Okay. This is, you know, this will not be your Watergate, Bob. All right. If you, uh, if you guys are out there, you guys are at Dan's house for this quote-unquote softball party, let me know. Anyway, the whites, um, specifically the white women, uh, I told people, you know, bring drinks. And every white woman that came to my party, and there were probably about 12, Brought this hard seltzer shit, which is going nuts. Are you tracking oh, this? Yeah. Uh, wives are going fucking loco about all of these new canned options with like. It's only gin. 100 calories. <laughs> and it's a skinny white can of like essentially Zima with a little bit of less of a right. sugary kick to it. And uh, I'm having my first one ever because my house, when everyone went home, I was left with approximately 37 hard seltzers. All right. And I'm having one now, and I can't say that I'm enjoying it. Well, you do have a pretty refined taste for alcohol, since we did, back when this album came out, we were honing our alcohol chops with Bartles and James at the time. That's true. We were throwing down plenty, plenty of wine coolers back in the day. We did. We That was our drink of choice, <laughs> it was literally, literally what we would choose when given the option between beer and wine coolers at the age of 15, 16, 
I mean, you're being overly generous to us. It was 16, 16? 17. No, by 17, we were Uh, moving. (laughs) Right there on the edge, Bob. It's true. I remember, uh, I don't know about you, but I was a fan of the cherry wheat, I believe, was the flavor. That was a beer. No, you liked like uh, pina colada. No, I didn't like that. I was not about that. There was a cherry Bartles (laughs) and James that I was was into. Uh, But we used to, when we would have somebody pick us up alcohol... When we'd get beer for like a weekend trip down to like Wildwood in yeah. Jersey Shore, the beer would just be kind of so that the the older guy didn't think that we were total. And because we knew we had to like beer, so we'd get like a 30 pack of beer and like 120 wine coolers. <laughs> <laughs> and they're hard, harder to transport, but like it, we needed them. <laughs> we knew we wanted to get drunk, but beer was yucky. Not a proud moment. I mean, at least we're honest on the show. Yes. What happened? Wait, what are you doing? What the fuck just happened? So this like was this, this is great, and this was a song I didn't know when I was 16 years old. It's a cover of an old Cuban song. Yeah, the horns are pretty aggressive in this one. Yeah, that was then later covered by Doris Day as Perhaps, Perhaps, Perhaps. So another... I wonder what Doris thought about the I Will Survive cover. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wouldn't she comment on this cover? Well, the, the profanity it was a hot-button topic in I guess 1997. So. But I think this is a more uh, on-the-nose cover. And, uh, yeah, I didn't know it at the time. I just really liked it. I like it. Not a single, which is a rarity on Fashion Nugget. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> this is like the all that you can't leave behind for cake. <laughs> um, yeah, I like it. I don't have a ton to say about it. Not a ton to say. The horns, they're into the horns a lot. In some some cases, it works a lot. Sometimes when the horns are showing up on this album, like, hey, let's take a little break. Well, from the horns. But I think post-grunge of, you know, just for four years in the early 90s, this being all heavy guitars and really kind of, really just heavy music, it was nice to hear a horn. It was, this. it was. It was just a different kind of sound that everybody else I was I think something that, uh, you know, rock radio probably liked about them is that they did bring a different vibe Mm-hmm. Which usually would scare away, I would imagine, radio stations that want kind of like the same sound. But those singles allowed them kind of in the door. Yep. There weren't, I don't remember any type of, you know, it wasn't like the the bands of the early 2000s where you had cake ripoff bands showing up. They kind of stayed in their own lane as a little bit of a, I don't want to say novelty, Bob. Don't. I won't say it. I don't want to upset you. But kind of their own unique, quirky little sound and space in that alternative music culture. And then they, to their credit, Bob, not that they uh, um, were world beaters, but when the rap rock revolution hit, they stuck around for a little bit while longer. Yeah, and they kept doing their thing. Are they still together? They are. They just put out a single this year, and uh, on that other podcast, he was talking about 
They're just going to throwback podcast. Different podcast, Rhett Miller's podcast. They're going to run out, the NFL podcast. Different podcast. There's more than two now. They're going to put out a few more singles and then maybe put out an album soon. Nice. Greg Brown rejoined the band. Uh, when it gets out, I'm sure we'll be right Greg back. back. Get no, Greg not back. the drummer. No way. Let's make sure <laughs> people know that Greg Brown is not oh, the right, man right. in prison for molesting. I children. thought you were advocating for the guy to get back in the band when he is uh, freed. <laughs> this is it's coming down. Let's listen to it. Yes. I need a break from the horns, Bob. Need a break. Well, you're going to get probably a break until the next time we listen to Cake in the Garage or until we do a Scott album at some point, until I make you listen to the Mighty Mighty Boston's. I'm not anti-horn. I just thought, you know, maybe a break from the horns wouldn't be the worst thing at some point. <laughs> but it's part of their vibe, I guess. It's their vibe. cake t-shirt to school right never had a cake t-shirt i thought you did no i wish i did this part's good this part's good here we go i know what you had Kind of had a little bit of a Beatles vibe to it. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to mention your um, pierced cartilage, Bob, that you had. I mean, you just did. But that's not... By saying I'm did not... Did you think that's what I was going to say? No, I know exactly what you're going to say. <laughs> but you just also <laughs> mentioned my pierced cartilage. Bob showed up at TGI Fridays for an afternoon shift and uh, said, Bob, what's up? What's going on? Your ear looks a little swollen. What's going on up there? Bob had... Pierced his no, that's not, that's not at all how it happened. I did it way before we worked at TGI Fridays. I did it first semester freshman year of college. Oh, that's what it was. I saw you. And you came back home or something. Well, I came back home and uh, and your ear was just pussing. My it wasn't pussing. That's disgusting. <laughs> my dad picked me up at the Port Authority. I got off the bus. Were you a little nervous? Oh when yeah, you getting in the car. Yep. Was your ear? Closest to your dad or was it the opposite ear? Well, so I went over and uh, my dad was waiting for me. I walked over. I gave him a hug. Oh, no. And he looked at me. Oh, no. And then he said a word that you can't say in 2019. Potential pejorative term. For... And shook his head and laughed and we walked to the car. So Pejorative term. We'll leave it at just that. Just a word that you wouldn't say. <laughs> a word that like uh, an old Italian guy could say, but nobody in 2019 could say. I think I know exactly what the word was. <laughs> you know exactly was. what the word was. Um, how long did that stay in your ear, by the way? About a year and a half, maybe. Maybe two years. On and off. Got the hoop. It was a hoop. It was a hoop. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. I like the hoop. Now... Um, the bucket hat you had. Yeah, had a bucket hat. So you you were the guy that was influenced by not just the music of Cake, but the fashion. Yeah, the bucket hat was 100% Cake and the New Radicals <laughs> and any other idiot that had a bucket hat in the late 90s. That is true, Like, because I was a transfer student. So like, I graduated high school and then did two years at a local school before mm -hmm. transferring out of state. Uh, but for everyone else, you got a chance after you graduated high school, um, if you did go away for college, um, to kind of reboot your your entire personality, yeah. if you so desire. So 
when Bob showed up with the pierced uh, cartilage in the upper ear and the cake hat, uh, I think it sent it sent uh, the word out there that this wasn't the same Bob anymore. It's the beginning of a new Bob. This is a different Bob. This is the Bob that Bob was meant to be. <laughs> and it wasn't until I became a curly-haired Afro Bob in the early uh, 2000s that my next incarnation arrived. <laughs> There's like a George Costanza vibe going on with the with the earring and the hat and like a Jerry being like, what are you doing, George? <laughs> so the hat, too. <laughs> yeah. Like, what are you talking about? All right. Here we go. Nugget. In parentheticals, edit. And really? Is that what it is? I don't know what that means, but let's listen to it. This is track 11 of 14. Heads on steak, who ride and wrangle Who look at your face from more than one angle Can cut you from their bloated budgets Like sharpened knives to chicken McNuggets Now heads of steak, who ride and wrangle Who look at your face from more than one angle Can cut you from their bloated budgets Like sharpened knives to chicken McNuggets Shut the fuck up Get out the fainting chair for Gloria Gaynor. <laughs> Poor Gloria. Man, this album's really going after her. This, I would imagine he, did Cake play Woodstock 99? I don't believe so. They played the uh, Coachella I went to. Can you believe the legs of this um, 1999 stuff on, on right? the internet? Yeah. You would think, um, this isn't my original thought, so I have to give it to Bill Simmons because in a conversation with Klosterman, he made the point um, on a recent podcast that he runs that, you know, culture site, The Ringer, mm-hmm. and it's really taken aback that no one cares. Now you have to factor in the demographic and who reads the internet, but there's really no pop for 1969. There's not like there's not like a huge thing about Woodstock, which was the seminal cultural music moment right. of of uh, the baby boomer generation. You're not hearing so much about that. All you're hearing about is 1999 and all the stuff which kind of works out well for our podcast, which explains our massive numbers and our Obviously. millions in our bank account. Right. Uh, we did the 1999 uh, Woodstock podcast a few weeks back. but Do you think that's what's causing this whole thing? Maybe. Maybe there's a little butterfly effect here. But I guess in, in retrospect, with the, with the boy band explosion right. and the rap rock and then the Woodstock, which is the big, the big moment you can hang things on. And then there was Columbine, which kind of kicked off the mass shootings that are going on to this day. Like this, that was a pretty fucking huge year in retrospect. Mm -hmm. And kind of slept on that a little bit at the moment. Didn't feel that way. Y2K? 99 felt like it had a little weight to it because it was, you know, party like it's 1999. That was a thing that we had been looking forward to. to Well, it had that. It always had that pop to it. And then the Y2K pop. Chad Curtis hit the walk-off home run against Chad the Curtis, Braves. And, and then, then his, the rest of his life turned out to be okay. <laughs> so 99 had a lot of good. It did feel like a little weightier than like 97. Well, you had the traffic light concerns. With a lot Y2K. of traffic light concerns. <laughs> I was uh, actually to, uh, to Jason the other day. I was pitching a Y2K movie where it's like an action movie, but all the guy has to do is get past a traffic light. <laughs> 
because he's worried that it's not going to work at midnight. And that's the entire race. Um, well, you know what? Fuck it. Fuck the uh, boomers who had like 40 years of celebrating Woodstock. Right. They did. They had, they had, they had plenty you know of time. Is? They had plenty of time. You know what it is? They milked that whole thing for all it was worth. Yes. And they finally ran out of gas. Yes. They just don't have the juice anymore. No. Maybe, maybe it's big on Facebook right now, but we don't know anymore. Like maybe there's a new Time Life infomercial out for a new collection of CDs. Yep. That it's 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 hot off the presses, <laughs> right. and it's airing at three a.m. on whatever your local UPN channel is. Yes, um, maybe there's that's going on. But even like the big dogs, like where's uh, Scorsese or yeah, it's true. You know the 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 gifted kind of artists of that era with some Woodstock shit, but no, mm-hmm. no sixty nine pop, no sixty nine pop. Good enough, enough. Uh, Speaking of uh, bucket hat, cartilage pierced, goateed, 19... Oh, you had a goatee, too. Eh, had a goatee, too. A total uh, reinvention. 1998, Bob. You're like Madonna. I, <laughs> out of every song on this album, this was the one I probably listened to the most my freshman year of college, three, two years after this album came out, because of the uh, the title of the song, She'll Come Back to oh. Me. Oh. Is this on a sleepy sex mix? No, this was on like a I'm depressed mix. It's a welcome detour. I don't hear horn. I hear a little country twang. Yeah, it's a little country. After 10 straight songs of cakiness, um, I was ready for something different, and here it is, and I like it. So this song... Thank <laughs> you, the horn. <laughs> That's okay. It's not a Yeah, exactly. It's okay. just there. It's a little color. Yes. It's not leading the song. Yes. Yeah, this song... So my freshman year of college, I uh, met this girl, fell for her so hard so quickly... We, she had a boyfriend and then one day her and her boyfriend broke up and I jumped on it as quick as I could. I took well, her jumped out on her body. No, I did the opportunity. It was 99, I, different era. 98. I took her out and, uh, and we went on a date and we kissed and it was like, oh, this is the beginning of something. Tongue? There was tongue. There gash was a, update. What? Man gash. What about it? She did not have one. So we, um, the next day we were like together and then like a day later. No, take me back to the kiss. No. Like that was nice. And then I was like, it really was. No, it was way bigger than that. It was like, it was like the, at the time, like the greatest moment was of my life. Was it raining? Were you in a downpour together? Is that, that's how you want to picture it. Yes. <laughs> you were like outside uh, the movie theater after an American beauty screening. <laughs> uh, I was hanging upside down like Spider-Man for some reason. So well, like th- four years before. The movie, <laughs> I know that's what, it was the inspiration. So it's then, amazing. so then the next day I was like floating. I was like, this is the best. I got the girl of my dreams. The next day, like I walk into her dorm room and she's just sitting there and like blowing a guy. No, well, that would have been a big shock too. Uh, but she tells me that she went back to her boyfriend. Oh, brutal. And for the next, like for the next month, I just listened to that song on repeat. Hopefully that she'll come back to me because I know it's meant to be. And I was just so fucking in love with her. And then she broke up with her boyfriend and came back to me. We did it for two years. That's right. So it was a happy ending. That's a, that's a happy ending to a girl story, Bob. It would have never happened if not for cakes. She'll come back to me. 
Well, that seems strong. But still, <laughs> a happy ending. He doesn't care whether or not he's an island. She doesn't care just as long as his ship's coming in. She doesn't care whether or not he's an island. Oh, no. They laugh, they make money, he's got a gold watch. She's got a silk dress and healthy breasts that bounce on his Italian leather like this one you like healthy breasts that bounce so it makes sense <laughs> don't we all don't we all um by the way bob i, uh, I want to cycle back to the front of the album frank sinatra was featured at the close of a episode of the sopranos this was speaking in 1999 that show debuted this month in 1999 um featured at the close of the episode the legend of tennessee multisante very cool how about that how about that don't remember i've watched sopranos Front to back, probably three times. Wow. It's never connected with me. Interesting. I like this one. Yeah, this is a great song. This It's a longer song, and it definitely breaks down with plenty of horns in the middle. So, I could edit those out using <laughs> modern technology. But yeah, no, this was one of my favorites when I had this album in 96. And I didn't realize that it came out the same month as Pinkerton, but these two albums were, like I had the two CDs in my CD case, and for a long time, I was just cycling between these two, this and Pinkerton. Like, so they're always much like hi-fi and what's the story is connected for you. Sure. This and Pinkerton, because I would listen to them so frequently at the same time, are always connected to me. I get it. And I like it, Bob. I'm sorry there's 14 tracks. I know that's a lot for you. It's a lot. I just think any album is better. Trim it down to 11 or 12, but okay. that's just an opinion I've shared many times. Many times. By the way, Bob, on December 9th, 1996, was maybe right around the time we saw Cake Live. Oh, definitely, yeah. The album was certified gold by the RIAA, and the next year, the album was certified platinum for shipments of one million copies. They did it. They, um, I'm going to go, I'm going to say comfortably over one million because he was selling re- records right at the end time of the boom. So that happened about four days after we saw them at the Beacon. There you go. Makes sense. Early December. You're welcome, Cake. We did it for you. All right. The album closes with a song written by Willie Nelson, according yes. to my notes. That is that is true. They're not notes. It's a website <laughs> called Wikipedia. <laughs> Couldn't give that to me, could you? <laughs> All right. Let's listen to it. Love me some Willie Nelson. Hopefully Cake respects his tremendous, tremendous contribution to popular culture. No pressure, fuck face. Take off the hat, put down the horn. Remove the earring. Come on, that, now you're talking about I'm me. Writing a song all about you. A true song as real as my tears. But you've no need to fear it Cause no one will hear it Sad songs and waltzes Aren't selling this year I'll tell all about 
Close it out with a slower one. I like you it. You like that. And I like covers like this. Again, like going back to the hold steady, like every time Craig Finn does a cover like of a Bob Dylan song or a Springsteen song, it's my favorite type of cover because he's not trying to be that person. Mm-hmm. And I think what John McRae does here, it's the same thing where he's just taking a song, singing it as himself. He's not trying to emulate the singer. And I think it works. Here is the Willie Nelson version, just in case you're interested. But you've no need to fear it, cause no one will hear it. Who's got a better voice than Willie Nelson? Cause sad songs and waltzes aren't selling this year. Mm, All right, so you make a good point there, Bob. They do a nice job. Also in the... um, Deluxe version of this, they do a cover of uh, Jolene. Of course, the Dolly Parton classic. So obviously there's a connection to country music uh, for Mr. McRae. All right, Bob, now it's your time to pick. Apparently the distance already made this list. Good for them. (laughs) Good for them. Yep, our throwback playlist. So we have to pick a song. Uh, Maybe the distance would have been too on the nose for Bob Castro. So... Um, so you got that one in through the back door, and now you get to you have the you have the whole playground to yourself, Bob. Well, I wouldn't want to do anything ironic. <laughs> I'm sending upset. whatever you choose straight to Stephen Thomas Irwine. Well, here's what I think: there there are songs in this album that are very personal to me. There are songs that I liked hearing again. There are songs that ended the Sopranos. But I think when it comes to our playlist, we need to pick a song to piss off Gloria Gaynor. I just think it'll fit on the playlist. Gloria Gaynor alive. And I really want to, really wanted to stick it to Gloria. Yeah, I mean, listen, I will not fight you on this. I love the song. And I think it's our first cover on the playlist. But I do think we should make sure Gloria Gaynor's still alive. She's still alive. 71 years old. 71 years young. A good Christian woman. <laughs> All right, there you go. I Will Survive by Cake is the latest addition to the Throwback Podcast playlist, which you can find, yes, on Spotify. Yes, the number one streaming service in the world, Spotify. You can also Fake find, news. You can also find it on the number one streaming service in America, which is like barely a top 10 country at this point. <laughs> but it's there too. <laughs> Apple Music. So check that out. Uh, at ThrowbackPod on Twitter, at ThrowbackPod on Instagram, the ThrowbackPod at Gmail. If you want to reach out to us uh, with some personal musings. And of course, patreon.com slash throwbackpod. Even a little helps a lot. If you can't give us two bucks, give us five stars on iTunes. Any final thoughts, Bob, on the man, the boy that you were at 18 and the man that you are at 39? Well, I think that, you know, the dad band is imminent. I'm not getting any better at learning the two chords I tried to figure out on the guitar, so it might take a while. But when it happens, I'm re-piercing my cartilage. Oh, my God. And are you going to re... Are you going to bring back the bucket hat? Got to bring back the bucket hat, too. Bring back Because you have to you have to factor in if this dad band does take off and you're doing it for 10, 15 years. The hair is going to go. Hair is going to go. Do the bucket hat thing. Yep, that's the move. All right. I'm in. I love it. Until next week, throwback pod. Bye. We'll survive. All right. I like that.